What's going on, guys? Welcome back to One Stop Shop. Let's get right into this episode. The NBA playing tournament kicked off last night. The Hornets got completely destroyed by the Indiana Pacers, 144-117. to LaMelo Ball, unfortunately, will not be heading to the playoffs. So, the Pacers move on. And now they're going to be facing the Wizards in the second game of the playing tournament. The Celtics won yesterday, 118 to 100, ending Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal's season. Jason Tatum dropped 50 points yesterday, another insane performance. He's really going to be the future of the NBA. And that really doesn't even put into words how crazy of a player he really is. He's a great scorer. He can play defense. He just gives a lot of effort. And he's going to be a next-level type player for years and years. Obviously, when I was in college, I was in New England. So, like, Celtic games were always on. And I even worked in the TD Garden, became very familiar with Jason Tatum and his play, watched a lot of Celtics during my time up there, and yeah, man, he's a savage, really fun player to watch, puts up crazy performances, but that's enough of that, Kemba, 29 points last night, he's always putting in consistent effort for the Celtics. He's just a different kind of animal. So the Celtics move on, and now they're going to be facing the Nets in the first round of the playoffs. They secured their playoff right. So that's going to be a great matchup. Obviously, Jason Tatum going against Kevin Durant and Kyrie and James Harden. Yeah, that's going to be a great series. That's a great matchup. So today in the playing tournament, we got the Western Conference. And we got the Spurs against the Grizzlies in the eighth, I mean, uh, ninth and tenth game. And then we got the Warriors against the Lakers in the 7th and 8th. At 10 o'clock tonight, they're making us stay up late for this game. Not that it really matters, but, you know. So, obviously, it's a marquee matchup. Steph Curry against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Obviously, the Lakers have the upper hand. They're more of a complete team when they have all their guys healthy, especially having LeBron and AD back from injuries. So if LeBron wins, he's in the playoffs, and he's definitely not a fan of the playing tournament. He's been vocal about that. So like, the Lakers should win tonight, hopefully. I'm rooting for LeBron to get at least into the playoffs. And then... Lakers could take it from there because the playoffs are really just like a second 
short season at the end of the day, like LeBron just kind of wants to keep playing and he turns on a different kind of intensity in the playoffs and becomes a true savage. We've seen that over the years so many times. Great playoff performances by LeBron. So I'm rooting for the Lakers. I also want to see John Morant advance and go to the playoffs. So I hope the Grizzlies beat the Spurs. There's a lot of good young teams in the NBA now, and it feels like the young talent is becoming known more often than just the veterans on the team. And they're really putting their teams on the map. And, yeah, they're showing that the young guns in the NBA are really here to stay and they're not going anywhere. Every single year there's some breakout players. Like, obviously on the Knicks this year we had Emmanuel Quickly and he was – Drafted a lot higher than Obi Toppin. And he became like one of the spark plugs for the Knicks offense this whole entire season. And definitely won us a lot of games from shooting from almost the mid-range of the court. Like, he was almost shooting, like, half-court shots, like, just his regular three-pointers. So, like, when we started seeing that and he started playing really well off the bench and stuff, started starting, he became a overnight sensation. And I'm looking forward to seeing the Knicks in the first round against the Atlanta Hawks. The game is on Sunday. I don't know what time it is. It doesn't say it. <clears throat> But we swept the season series with the Atlanta Hawks. So this seems like a very good matchup for the Knicks. They're not too good for us. The Knicks are a very good team. Julius is going to lead us to the promised land, it seems like. Who knows what this team is capable, man. 41-31 and on the season. Heading into the playoffs as the number four seed, winning the last couple games to secure that spot. It's just one of the craziest seasons as a New York sports fan. And as a New York sports fan, we live for this shit. We love to see it. Any team that ever does well in New York, it's always a blessing because we're watching it night in, night out. If you're a sports fan, it just makes everything a whole lot more interesting, gives us a lot more enjoyment out of watching the Knicks because, like, we went so many years without having a good team to watch on a nightly basis. And now we have Julius Randle, we got Derrick Rose, we got Alec Burks and Reggie Bullock shooting lights out from three point range. Every night, the Knicks can be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference in a couple seasons if they get the right people in free agency. And I feel like people will want to go to New York. I've said this so many times, but like, obviously, no one listens to me. But 
Like if the Knicks got like Devin Booker or Luka Doncic, someone like that, like a complete scorer that can complete the Knicks team and have Julius and Derrick Rose and Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, like it sounds like a pretty good team on paper. And I think that they can make it happen. Obviously, World Wide West, William Wesley, he's a great agent. He's been known for years. Drake name dropped him. I learned the game from William Wesley. You can never check me. Like, he's running the Knicks front office right now. So, like, obviously, like, he's no scrub, bro. <laughs> like, he's the goat at what he does pretty much. And then we got Leon Rose, former CAA guy. That represents a lot of major athletes, like pretty much like all top athletes. So the Knicks have made positive moves in the front office, and that's been one of the major flaws of the organization over the years and not having the right people make the right decisions in charge of the Knicks. And now they finally have made a lot of good changes, and the coaching staff is Definitely one of the major differences than the Knicks have seen over the years. Tom Thibodeau, Kenny Mayne, Kenny Payne, my bad. I've just been hearing a lot about Kenny Mayne, the sports center, Edgar. He's retiring. He's been around, like, forever. been watching him forever. My bad. Kenny Payne is the assistant coach on the Knicks, a former coach at Kentucky and the Knicks are obviously made up of a lot of Kentucky guys and I am sorry that I didn't mention Nerlens Noel is one of the major pieces of the Knicks defense and yeah like just random games he'll get like five blocks and like 11 rebounds and not put up the most points but he's a defensive threat to any team that comes at the Knicks. I'm glad that the Knicks have made a lot of good moves, and bringing Julius Randle to the Knicks was one of the best moves that they could have made. He's having an MVP caliber season. He's playing lights out basketball. He shoots with only intent. He got that from Kobe. Him and Kobe were obviously really close, and I was listening to a podcast the other day. And he was the guest and basically said that him and Kobe would go and shoot together like when Kobe would go and shoot on his off time to become a better player, stuff like that. And Julius definitely like gained positive habits from Kobe, especially being a young player in the NBA when he was a rookie. He got hurt in his first game in the NBA. He only played 14 minutes. And then people were already, like, writing him off, and he was having, like, a moment in his career where people thought that he was going to be a bust and wasn't going to be able to make it in the NBA. Then he bounced around for a few years, and then he ended up in New York, and then he wants to retire here. So we found ourselves... The cornerstone of our franchise, it seems like. 
RJ Barrett also said in an interview recently that he wants to be a Nick his whole career. He must really love the culture and the vibe that it gives off of, you know, the city is better when the Knicks are winning and he could definitely become a legend in the city if he chooses to. Moving on though, changing up the topic a little bit. I'm trying to bring this podcast to YouTube. I'm trying to do some big things this year. I'm just kind of manifesting it on this podcast right now. And I'm trying to find the studio. And I'm a big fan of Andrew Scholes. He's one of my favorite comedians. If you don't know him, check him out on YouTube or Instagram, whatever. He's a funny motherfucker. He tells it like it is. Kind of aspire to be like him in a way because like he just made himself relevant out of nothing. He's from New York, kind of similar situation, like whatever. Like he has a studio in Brooklyn. I'm thinking about maybe venturing over there one day and filming. A video version of this podcast to put on YouTube. I'm trying to grow this year, really, and I'm trying to take this shit seriously. And I'm trying to get a better quality for this podcast. So hopefully I can record a couple episodes there at a time. And we'll see what happens with that, but I'll see what happens with that when it comes to it. Yeah, I kind of just feel kind of discouraged sometimes, and I might not put in the most effort to try to find a job that's going to not only, like, fulfill, like, what I'm trying to get to, but, like, support me in a sense. And I feel like if I bet on myself for at least, like, a couple more months, like, maybe I can make something happen out of nothing. I just kind of have, like, this belief in myself that something good is about to happen. And if I continue to make positive content, then... Maybe something can happen. Sorry to drop that on you guys. <laughs> but moving on. I've been listening to a lot of different music recently. Just trying to listen to a lot of stuff. I've always listened to a lot of different genres and stuff like EDM, rock, rap, like whatever's good music really. I've been listening to this new album from Weezer. They've been around forever. J. Cole's album obviously has been in heavy rotation. Love that shit. My favorite song, probably, Pride is the Devil with J. Cole and Lil Baby. That's a collab that definitely was needed. 
And then there's a new album from the Black Keys. They're a blues band. And they've been around for a long time, too, and just create great music. They have a very distinct sound, and it's great music. If you're driving, especially on the highway, this is the type of music that you want to be listening to. So, this weekend for the UFC, we got Cody Garbrandt against Rob Font in the main event. This is a fight that a lot of people want to see. Two really high-level boxers are going to go at it in this fight. And someone is definitely going to get knocked out if this fight does not go the distance in the main event. So they're going 25 or less. So Then the co-main, you got Carla Esparza. She's a future contender in the woman's strawweight this division. I almost said decision. I don't know. Division. Anyway, women's strawweight division. Sorry. <laughs> She's facing Yang Qianan from China. She's 13-1, up and comer. That should be a good fight. Then you got Justin Taffa against Jared Vandera, who just got submitted a few weeks ago. Jared Vandera got choked out. So, he's looking to rebound quickly. He's a Dan White Contender Series, dude. So, yeah, he's a tough guy. He's not the betting favorite in that fight, so he has to win. <clears throat> then you got Felicia Spencer, 8 and 2, up and comer, against Norma Dumont, 5 and 1. Should be a good fight in the women's featherweight division. They're always looking for future challenges for Amanda Nunes, even though no one is in sight. Then you got Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian. This is a fight that was supposed to be last week on UFC 262, but it got moved because someone in Hermanson's camp got COVID. But this is going to be a crazy fucking fight. Shabazian needs a win. So does Hermanson. And he looks to continue his winning streak right now. And Shabazian is looking to rebound after losing a few fights. Most notably his fight to Derek Brunson in August of last year. Then he was on a winning streak before that. So he's looking to... Get another one here. The UFC has expressed that they think that Shabazzian could be a future title challenger for Adesanya if he can get there, but, you know, like, who knows? He's a very exciting fighter. He used to train with Ronda Rousey back in the day and helped her train. So he's a very high-level mixed martial artist. And, yeah. 
<clears throat> so this is going to be a great fight night. UFC never really disappoints, but their fight nights, they don't put on shitty fights, and they try to put on exciting fights, and especially like last weekend with having the packed crowd in Houston, it seemed so intense. It seems like fighters even build off of the crowd itself and try to make it more exciting. And, yeah, just some thoughts after UFC 262. I hope Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje end up fighting each other. That would be a great fight between a World Series of fighting champion Justin Gaethje and then... Michael Chandler, former Bellator champion. Michael Chandler needs a pretty good opponent after losing to Charles Oliveira for the title. He's obviously very disappointed, and he's been very vocal that he will get to that point within a year. So hopefully he's able to do that and complete his journey and become UFC champion after not being in the UFC for so many years. It took him a long time to get here, so hopefully he's able to become champ. And Charles Oliveira returned to Brazil, and I saw a couple videos, and he just got like a really heroic welcome. He's from the favela in Brazil. And if you don't know, it's one of, like, the most dangerous and impoverished areas in all of the world. And they produce fighters, man. They produce world champions. Brazil is no joke when it comes to MMA. They produce Jose Aldo, Anderson Silva, so many others. I can't name everybody right now. But Charles Oliveira is the current face of Brazil. Just crowds of people, and he was on top of a bus with the bell. It was crazy. You just see these celebrations when fighters return home after completing the quest of becoming champion, like Francis Ngannou going home to Africa. And yeah. It's just cool to see. And who knows what's going to happen with Tony Ferguson. Obviously, losing a few fights in a row can lead to him getting cut by the UFC. But I hope he doesn't get cut because he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's been around for so long and used to be such a great fighter. But they said that he only landed like 30 strikes in his last like 30 minutes in the octagon or something like that. He's not putting out like high output and yeah, maybe he just doesn't have it anymore. Who knows? Maybe he's going to go to Bellator after the next fight. That kind of seems to be a trend in the fighting world. But, yeah, 
Benil Darius nearly broke his leg off <laughs> with that heel hook. So he's a real tough guy. I hope he gets a good fight. And then they are going to have Islam Makachev face Moises. And Islam Makachev will basically be champion in the lightweight division eventually. He is one of Khabib's closest training partners. And he's going to face Tiago Moises on July 17th on a fight night. And yeah, Islam Makachev is definitely going to be one of those crazy rises to the top of the lightweight division. So that's just a crazy fight. And Moises is a pretty good fighter, but Makachev is just like a different type of beast. Like these Dagestani guys, man, they just like different kind of breed. I don't know what it is. Khabib was like one of the most successful fighters of all time for a reason. They train different, they wrestle different, and you can't really teach that. They're kind of born with it. So the other night, uh, the Mets were playing, and one of our better players, Kevin Pillar, our outfielder, he got hit like directly in the face, multiple fractures, multiple nasal fractures in his face, and he was just like in really good spirits after being hit in the face with a really fast pitch, so hope he gets well. The Mets are continuing to win pretty exciting games. Last night, the Mets, they won 4-3 to over the Atlanta Braves. They're 20-16 on the season. Tomas Nito hit a go-ahead home run. That would... Ultimately, give the Mets the win in the top of the ninth inning with two outs. So the Mets got a very needed win over a division rival in the Braves. So they keep it going. Francisco Lindor, two for four last night. Just making great plays in the field. He made a crazy double play last night where he just took it into his own hands, tagged the runner out at second, then get it to Pete Alonso at first. Pete Alonso needs to start hitting the ball, man. I'm really disappointed with how he's not hitting the ball. Like how he was a breakout star a couple of years ago, hitting like, what, like 60 home runs, something like that, whatever. And like, can't hit the ball right now. I don't know. The Mets signed Cameron Mabin. He's been around for a long time. And he's a really good outfielder. 
So hopefully he could be our new center fielder daily. So the Mets are making some good moves. They obviously have played a few less games than everyone else because of rain delays and shit. They're 20-16. and 16, First in the NL East at the moment. It's great to see. And, yeah. Mets keep winning. The Yankees won an exciting game last night. 7-4 over the Texas Rangers. DJ LeMay, who three RBIs last night. Tie-breaking two-run double. The Yankees are starting to look like they're really on the right track. I mean, their pitching needs to correct some shit, but, you know, like... They need to stop letting up so many home runs, and that seems to be an issue. And then their bats are able to get them back into the game. Odor has been pretty consistent. Gio Urshela, not too shabby, hitting 288. Aaron Judge, 295 on the season. Two for five last night. Yeah, they need to keep winning. They're 23 and 19. And they're looking pretty good. They're not too good. And then to wrap it up this week on Supreme. They're releasing, like, leather jackets and stuff like that. Not really feeling it. I think they were also releasing, like, a Supreme pocket knife or something like that. And, yeah, I haven't been buying too much Supreme lately. Just kind of trying to save money. They're also releasing a woven like outside kind of beach chair that's pretty cool they're also releasing some Hanes tank tops and a couple hats that's pretty much it palace drops every friday at 11 a.m supreme thursday 11 a.m and that's pretty much it, guys. I'll tap in with you guys soon. And thank you for listening. Peace out.